What up, what up? So glad to have you. It is Maggie and Perloff. We're across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Of course, we are streaming right now. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Come on in. Come on. Hit subscribe. Rate, review. Give us a thumbs up. Hang in the chat with us for a little bit. And Perloff, I can't say I was like really surprised to hear this, but you know, the big story now with the Cincinnati Bengals is sort of how they've been like disrespected at every turn, right? Like they were so gracious the Monday night football game when DeMar Hamlin got hurt. Of course they didn't, you know, insist that the Bills, you know, play the game. They were fine with everything. And then, and that was a very nice thing to do. And it was the right thing to do. And then the league, you know, says it could be a coin flip if they have to play the Ravens and, you know, if they had lost to the Ravens, excuse me, in the season finale. And then, of course, selling the tickets to the AFC championship game that would have been between the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. They found that very offensive, right? They were using this as fuel to say nobody believes in us. Yes. Well, now, what do the Bengals do? Because here they are. They've made it to the AFC championship game. Good for you. Kick the Bills' butts. You deserve to be there. What started out as the Bengals as an underdog, one and a half points, has now completely flipped where in some sports books you can get now the Bengals minus three. The Bengals a three-point favorite on the road, and we think that's a lot because of how they looked against Buffalo and Mahomes' high ankle sprain. Oh, yeah. So, I, I didn't even understand how it, with Mahomes, Tony Romo going on air and saying there's no way he can practice this week. Then they come out a one and a half point favorite. I think a lot of people are like, what? Well, now they can no longer claim to be the underdog story. You can't claim to, hey, we got this big chip on our shoulder. Nobody thought we'd be here. Now you're the favorite going into Kansas City. Let's get the thoughts of one of our good friends. We love talking to him. Mike Golick Jr., of course, DraftKings NFL analyst, host of the Gojo podcast. Mike Golick Jr., good to talk to you, bud. How you been? I'm doing well. I would have been a lot better if I had just grabbed Bengals Bengals plus one and a half start of the week but here we are <laughs> what do you think about i i just think I'll, I'll take it a step further gojo how about this not only can the Bengals no longer play the underdog card here i think honestly it would be a disappointment if they don't win this game considering and i don't mean to sound callous here but you've been given a gift of patrick mahomes the best quarterback in the league might be playing on one leg you have to win this game now Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would be a massive disappointment because as Bengals fans will remind you, they didn't need a banged-up Patrick Mahomes to beat this Chiefs team the last three or four times that they've done it, one of which was in the postseason stage this time last year. So, yes, given where the Bengals are, even with the injuries up front, the core and the important parts of a team that made a Super Bowl run last year are all there. So, yes, losing to peg-leg Patrick Mahomes would be a (laughs) brutal way to go down. Okay, let me play devil's advocate here. Is it possible that they ran into a team that was emotionally spent in Buffalo and had no interest in playing in the snow, and that sort of made all their flaws with the offensive line just sort of go away, and that maybe we'll see not quite as dominant a Bengals team next week? I'm just throwing it out there because Maggie's a Bills fan, and she thinks the Bengals just beat the greatest team on earth. But is it possible that this O-line was a bit of a mirage this week? So I think you're right in that there were certain circumstances, right? Like none of the matchups this deep in the postseason we could treat as opponent agnostic. We go back a week before to the Bengals matchup against a much better Baltimore Ravens defense in different circumstances, and we saw a different outcome. 
And we know for the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnola, coordinator that they know really well, it's not going to be what Buffalo had, a defense that played like it didn't have its feet underneath it and played a lot of what we've seen from Buffalo all year, right? They're going to rush four. They're going to play with a two-high safety look. And they're not really going to challenge them at the line of scrimmage in those ways. So the Bengals got to get the run game going. They got to take some of the pressure off that O-line. The Bengals built the plane in the passing game out of checkdowns, out of short plays, out of Joe Murrow taking what was there for him. We know the Chiefs are going to present a wholly different challenge. Bags can't help himself, even to a fault last year in the last game of the regular season when these two teams played. And he kept blitzing them, and it kept giving them one-on-one looks with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And we all kept throwing our hands up going, why are you doing this, man? That's who he is. And so if the Bengals do win, it's going to look very different because I don't think it's going to be Joe Burrow getting to sit back there, get the ball out quickly with a comfortable pocket. It's going to be Joe Burrow being smart, knowing where the pressure is coming from, and having to beat blitz looks with Spag saying, we're going to go out either with our shield or on it this weekend. Mike Golick Jr. is joining us. He's a DraftKings NFL analyst. I love when I go on to DraftKings, Gojo, because we're big DraftKings people <laughs> over here, and we just see your face right there next to the specials and everything. It's wild. We love it, and uh, it's comforting. You know, I'm like placing my bets with you, and it, it feels good. What's your lean for Philadelphia and San Francisco? Perloff and I were just talking about this game. Yeah, I, so I, I lean Philadelphia right now, and uh, again, accounting for opponents it's not going to look as easy as it did for Philly against the Giants team where we were all riding high on good feelings after what they did to the Vikings, forgetting that the Giants had also been one of the worst rush defense teams in the NFL going up against a team that I think just as important as Jalen Hurts looking healthy coming off the bye in that game was their right tackle, Lane Johnson, because when that unit is healthy, Philly has claimed to the best offensive line in the NFL, the best strength-on-strength matchup of the weekend. Far none is going to be that 49ers front seven against the Eagles offensive line. I am excited. That is a battle of titans on both sides of the ball with Nick Bosa and Fred Warner going up against that group. But I just think for Philadelphia, one, defensively, they are built to be an absolute pressure cooker. For a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy on the other side, who looked a lot more like a rookie in that first half against the Dallas defense, that similarly, athletes up front, got upfield, made him uncomfortable, and made Kyle Shanahan uncomfortable. Made Kyle Shanahan coach that game from a turtle shell, almost like he was a defensive background head coach, saying, I'm just not going to get in the way on offense. We're not going to be too aggressive on offense, and has openly stated that. And so I think Philly can make them equal parts uncomfortable in that way. And then they've got an offense on the other side, captained by a quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who, when he's healthy, can play with the math as a runner and can give that Eagles offense the lift it needs to be the difference. Okay, take away the X's and O's, Mike. What about the link, the effect of that crazy house and the Eagles fans? Even if it is an even matchup, that feels like a huge advantage for Philly to me. I mean, think about it. They supported lacrosse so they could get drunk earlier in the day. (laughs) It's a commitment. That's what it's called. There is no length that they will not go to to make sure that they can be properly steeped in alcohol for the entire day (laughs) and ready to go for that matchup. And listen, against the Giants, you had the added flavor of a division rival in the divisional round, which is awesome. But I think everyone around, including the fans, can smell the opportunity here can see, you know, we had yesterday, the or last weekend, the five-year anniversary of that beatdown against the Vikings during that postseason run. There's a lot of things that are starting to feel familiar to a franchise and a fan base that appreciates, man, look at how quick Howie Roseman and company got us back to this stage by retooling and making some really prudent moves. 
So what? It's a three o'clock game. What's the ideal time to arrive at the link, in yeah. your opinion? If you just as a fan, not as a media are member, are we tailgating? Oh, if you're, a, if you're a fan, you absolutely got to be out there. I mean, the crack of dawn is not asking too much. You know, <laughs> you think about even in normal circumstances, like a regular season college football game, which at this point with that fan base, you have to assume they're going to operate like a packed college kid. Yeah. And in normal circumstances for a 3 p.m. kick at a college game, you'll see people out there at 9 in the morning. You'll see people setting up, firing up the grills in between nine o'clock and ten. So, yeah, you got to go out there and get after it. It is on everybody right now. Every hand on the rope, and let's pull this thing together. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Jr. joining us. All right. So, what was the drink of choice when I'm presuming you were toasting all of your Notre Dame pals when Sam Hartman committed to the Irish? Oh man, I had to go back, like, because again, there's a lot of moments doing this job where I, I look at everything through the lens of an analyst, and I look at it from thirty thousand feet, and I try and take off my golden helmet and put it to the side and analyze it. When that one happened, I went back to pole two in the Notre Dame parking lot this morning <laughs> and was slamming natty lights in, into my head. It was what a day and what a time for Notre Dame. I mean, the most accomplished quarterback we've had on campus since Brady Quinn. You know, the good, you know last couple of seasons of Jimmy Clausen. This has been a long time coming for this team at the juncture they're at right now in a new program. It's incredible. Hey, I don't want to talk about a rival here at all, but I, I had a theory that that Harbaugh would want to go back to Michigan because they have a great chance next year with the other – everyone lost their quarterback, Ohio State, Alabama. Uh, who's the other one? And Georgia lost their quarterbacks. Any chance that, Mich- that Harbaugh said, wow, I really got a shot here with Michigan? Yeah, I mean, probably factored into it. I don't know realistically what the chances with all the NFL jobs were that someone was going to take that plunge and offer right now. We haven't really seen a lean publicly or any leaks that came from that side that would indicate, man, there was one team that had him circled that was going to throw heaven and earth at him to make it happen, and it just didn't work out. So I'm sure it was a factor, though, in this process because he has hit the sweet spot now. Even when Jim Harbaugh was winning games and doing double-digit wins in his first few seasons in Ann Arbor, you weren't beating the other team. You weren't getting to the playoff. You weren't winning Big Ten championships. So I'd imagine for a guy back coaching in his alma mater, it's got to be fun to have weathered the 2020 storm and come out on the other side getting all those back pats and now really feel because you heard the rallying cry from this Michigan team when they head back to the playoffs this year. They had their eyes on Georgia. They wanted revenge against that team. It wasn't just Ohio State this year. It was we want to get over that next hump. And they overlooked TCU and they got beat. And there's some things that they've got to revamp as a team philosophically if they do want to take that next step. But to your point, bringing back head coach and quarterback is a great place to start always in college football. Mike Golick, Jr. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. DraftKings NFL analyst. He's the host of the Gojo podcast. Go download it wherever you get your podcasts. Mike, we'll see you out in Phoenix, right? Sounds good. Can't wait, guys. Talk to you soon. Mike Golick, Jr. Got to get a little college talk in with Mike. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everyone in Notre Dame is thinking Final Four. No, they're not. I think they are. I tell you, they were, I think they're number nine in a lot of... Well, I don't what know, was be... TCU? They were nothing. They were outside the top 25. I mean, there's some... There's some heavyweights coming back next year. There's some really good teams, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, give Marcus Freeman a little time. Now you're putting Final Four expectations on him? I mean, you landed one of the best quarterbacks in the portal, So, and it's Notre Dame. Like, yeah, I think I think that's what's going on. But you got to figure, there's two SEC teams. Michigan is playing nobody. They're going to walk into the Final Four. Yep. It's probably going to be Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. I can, I'll tell you right now. Shake on it? 
Uh, I bet you. I you want to write I right you, now down I'll January twenty fourth. I guarantee I got two of those right. <laughs> two of them. I'm not doing that. Oh, okay, I'll bet you. All right, you get Notre Dame. Wait, no, no. You said Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Mm, no, because uh, I, I want USC. Yeah. So, good luck with that. <laughs> what yeah. they have one of the best quarterbacks coming back. They're in a brutal conference this year with no defense. Yeah, they got to fix that defense. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227, which I'm not holding my breath when it comes to a Lincoln-Riley coach team. Uh, back to the phone. Scott is in California. Get back to our topic about Brady and Aaron Rodgers. If it's a race to see who goes to Las Vegas first, who should the Raiders pick? Scott, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, another great show. Appreciate you. Um Last weekend, Maggie, I, uh, I felt for you. Uh, I also thought as a Viking fan that I would win a home playoff game. Uh, I thought we could beat the Giants. It didn't happen. But anyway, so I commiserate. Um, my point in calling in is this. I had a nightmare the other night. I think Kirk Cousins has like another year. So this is what I, this is a nightmare. Is uh, Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay another year. They let Kirk go after year, and, and Aaron Rodgers goes to the Vikings. I know it's far-fetched, but that's what Vikings fans do. Because we did this with Brett Favre, and I know it's, it will never happen, but it's just funny the way our brains work. And so you I think you're getting Rodgers at some point? No, no, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I just don't want another. It's just like Brady going to the Bills. I mean, something that's killed your team yeah, forever. No. Yeah. And, uh, and, and with me, uh, with Rodgers, it's like um, Kevin Costner said in the movie Draft Day when he's passing over Bo Callahan. It's a character issue for me. <laughs> So you're I saying people like aren't to go. going to Roger's birthday party? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. Have a good day. Appreciate it, Scott. Uh, is draft day? Are we quoting draft day? Oh, everybody quotes that Bo Callahan yeah, thing yeah. around draft time. That, I mean, because there is a truth to that. Obviously, you kind of care about your quarterback's personality. Yeah. Um, Samter <laughs> with the Jets. <laughs> which is <laughs> funny. Like, hey, Zach Wilson was never a captain at BYU. It's like, eh, don't worry about it. Because we really don't know. What these guys are like. Yeah. What they're like. We have no idea what Bryce Young, Will Levis, and CJ Stroud are like behind closed doors. No clue. The, but that's why in draft day, he talked to his teammates and asked questions. Yeah. The scouts have, that's the thing about draft. The scouts have so much more information on these guys than we do that it makes us all in an uncomfortable position. But then again, they, they screw up. They take Zach Wilson number two. <laughs> they say, don't know what, what they're do doing. What they do with this info? Well, you know, sometimes they get big timed by the owner. Sometimes wants you know a quarterback or something like that, like we've seen happen in Washington. Can I throw out a little curveball? Yeah, of course. Somebody said to me today, we were talking about Brock Purdy being in the Niners system. Okay. It, he was even more of a system quarterback person than me. If Patrick Mahomes was a Chicago Bear, they'd win six games every year, and I totally thought that was interesting. If Patrick Mahomes was a Chicago Bear, they'd win six games a year. I I can't believe that's true. Well, there's just I get what you're saying that even all the talent in the world couldn't you couldn't overcome no receivers, no offensive line like that. Not even that. It's look at the play callers that are left in this playoffs. You got Andy Reid is the best in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan, well, McVay's in there too, but Kyle Shanahan has made Brock yeah. Purdy look like Joe Montana. Right. That's well, a Shanahan He hasn't made him look like Joe Montana. He's made him look like, I mean, Purdy's had some nice throws, but he's not asking him to be Joe Montana. Like, that's the beauty of this whole thing. 
two for really, 350 yards in their first playoff game. He looked amazing. Yeah, but Seattle's got no defense. We already know that. Andy had already played Seattle twice, so he had like a little bit of okay. he understood who they were. But they don't, that's the beauty of this thing from the 49ers' point of view. They don't even they need him to make a few plays. Mm. Like if he can make five good throws, they've got so much other talent, it will take care of it, I think. I don't know. His numbers have blown Joe. I've seen a bunch of stats that Purdy's blowing away Joe Montana's playoff numbers. That was such it was a different era. Every I mean, Kirk Cousins' numbers probably blow away Joe Montana's numbers. That doesn't mean he's better. Yeah, and, and, I, and Purdy I will give you that a lot. in like forty yards against Dallas. That was not a big game for him. So Okay, so you're saying Purdy does not look good? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. There are moments where on like a couple third downs and a couple throws, especially over the middle, where he's got fearless receivers, he's finding guys in stride, and those look like big throws. But he's not being asked to do that 25 times a game. He's being asked to do it like he needs like ten, like five to ten good throws. My point is Kyle Shanahan has created a lot of this. There's just I, I don't yeah. think you could argue that. And by the way, Brock Purdy's postseason rating so far, 109.9, QBR 74.5, which is huge. I know, but he played Seattle. I mean, and actually mm. Seattle made him look kind of bad in the first half. So to his credit, he rebounded nicely. He didn't look he was averaging he was over ten yards per attempt the entire game. He was just throwing the ball away all the time. Anyway, okay, where did I you got me off track here? I think these play <laughs> these play callers, and that's the other thing about it, this uh, pertains to Patrick Bones' injury. You gotta remember. You got Andy Reid calling plays here that they're going to figure some things out. Look at the Chad Eddy 97-yard drive. I know. That's so embarrassing for Jacksonville, though. I mean, what are you doing? You, you got to realize. You're going against Andy Reid. No, you're going against and Andy you, Reid. You're not but, that good on defense either. But, like, why don't you try to make Chad Henney feel uncomfortable a little bit? I mean, the guy's 37 years old. Like, they didn't make him do anything he didn't want to do. He only passed for, like, I think – 25 yards or something on that drive. Like yeah. they had a, a bunch of creative things going on, but they never tried to make Henny feel uncomfortable. It's wild. Yeah. It's called Andy Reed. I've <laughs> seen it before. And I, I totally agree that Mahomes got lucky to, to end up in this marriage. It's a perfect marriage. And we've seen, look at, I mean, honestly, Zach Wilson might've been good in another situation. It's possible, nope. but it doesn't. <laughs> Sam, nope. from the peanut gallery. It also does. The thing about Zach Wilson. And again, we don't know these guys and their personalities, but it seemed like, to a man, everybody on the Jets was v- extremely happy when he was benched. Yeah, the Jets. No, I know, but that's like... Mm, I know. The I'm, other I mean, guys in the locker to, room, they're not blind or but deaf. It, but he could have gone to a more supportive, an older team that would have supported him in the right way. You, I'm telling you, you never know. And also, if his coach, he if he was under Andy Reid, he'd probably have 28 touchdowns and 15 picks. I've, I've seen the worst quarterbacks... Make the, almost a pro ball under Andy Reid. I'm telling you, it's a lot of coaching. A lot of coaching. I think coaching system. I mean, the one other thing, though, is that Mahomes also did sit that first year. Like, the Jets coaching staff said, in retrospect, we should have sat Zach Wilson the first year. I don't even know, need, know if uh, Mahomes needed to sit, but he did. And he got to sit behind Alex Smith and watch them go to the playoffs and everything that happened. I mean, I think that's a smart thing to do. We're all in a rush to start these rookies because – you invest this high draft pick in them. You want to throw them out there for the fan base and sell tickets and all that stuff. And ultimately, I don't think it's good. Okay. All right. All right. You know. I yeah. What a hypothetical! If Mahomes was on the was on the Bears, he'd have well, six wins a year. I just can't believe that. Do you think he'd be Patrick Mahomes? We know now. I think we'd still be able to see the talent. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. 
Come on in. Get comfortable in the chats. Uh, YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Of course, we are coast to coast on all of our CBS Sports Radio affiliates. Coming up, we got news on the coaching front. What does it mean for Tom Brady? We've got news on Sean Payton. Don't move. We've got so much more for you right after this. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Maggie, is it okay if I steal something from our buddy RG3? Sure. So Robert Griffin III tweeted out today the weapons for all four remaining teams and fueled a bit of a debate who's got the best set of weapons. Now, it's really interesting. I think there's there's three front runners and a and a fourth. To me, it's obvious. Okay, well, weapons meaning receivers. Yeah, right, right. Your skill position players. Yeah. Okay. Who do who do you think is the fourth? Like, who do you think is not competing? So I, I think Kansas City without Tyree Kill, is not in the conversation with the other teams. Oh, I disagree. Okay, how so? Well, because you have Kelsey, who just had 14 catches against the Jags. I mean, I don't think that, you know, the the Bengals better not let him do that or else they're going to go home. But he's far and away, like, he's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, Peter King had, like, he's averaging over 100 yards receiving in the playoffs, I believe, was what Peter Mm. had in Football Morning in America, where Gronk's only had 100-yard reception game in the playoffs in his career, like, He's far and away the best individual weapon, I guess, except for maybe Jamar Chase. I don't know. But, like, I know Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, look at this. I'm just reading RG3's tweet. You got Kelsey, Juju, MVS, Isaiah Pacheco, Kadarius Toney, Nicole Hardman, Jarek McKinnon. That's impressive. But that's a lot of journeyman kind of guys. Well. I mean, Pacheco's, what, a six-round pick? Yeah, Tony. He's was, a rookie, and Tony's in the second year. <laughs> Can't yeah, be journeyman to- yet. Uh, right, but they're not. Yeah, but Juju but look, and MVS. Look are, at these other yeah. sets. 49ers have Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, yeah. uh, Mitchell, and you could argue he puts Usyk on there, which is a little different. Yeah, Usyk, sure. But they I mean, use them at the goal line. I but, mean, I mean, Debo and, and McCaffrey and Kittle. That's no, it's got to be the 49ers overall. But wait, I don't, wait, no, no, but yeah, I don't I think, it's, think it's like a major drop-off to Kansas yeah. City, which I think you do. I think it's the Bengals. I think the Bengals yeah. are number one. Because I think Jamar Chase is the best weapon left in this playoffs. And then T. Higgins is basically a one as well. They have two number one wide receivers. Then they have Tyler Boyd, who's a really good number two. Makes him look good. And then... Hayden Hurst all of a sudden emerged as a good player. Now, yeah, I know he's a journeyman. He's been over The Bills everywhere. couldn't stop Mixon. They couldn't stop Hurst. They couldn't stop Samaje P. Ryan. They couldn't stop anybody. But to me, it was it was really the Jamar Chase was the special sauce in this debate. I, I yeah, think he should have had that touchdown in the end zone. I know you yeah. and I disagree about he's that. He's just so but. unbelievable. It, it's really been the story of this team. It's And it's a lot of Burrow, but you can't separate Jamar Chase arriving in Cincinnati from this incredible run they've had. So that's really, and you you know, you make a great point about Kelsey, but you have to admit, these are spare parts around Kelsey. Juju, MVS. I know, but. Tony, who, I mean, where was he? Well, I mean, yeah, the Giants had to get rid of him. But I think that the one thing about Kelsey is that it's always been the thing. Well, this year, because it was Tyree Kill was with him before, but it's always no brainer. Your number one thing is stop Kelsey, stop Kelsey. Yet nobody can do it. The Jags are idiots. Everyone, on, <laughs> the entire country was screaming, would you cover that guy? Get out of zone and cover that guy? Or you're going to get destroyed? 14 receptions. I mean, that's, why, that's why I picked the Bengals. Because you basically, if you decide to put a person on Travis Kelsey, you've already swung the game nine points from what we saw last week. <laughs> All you have to do is look at the tape. Oh, cover Kelsey. I mean, look at those other guys. That is not a Super Bowl quality wide receiving core. It just isn't. Juju, MVS, 
Tony and Hardman is I love that they got away with it. And then, by the way, the Eagles are pretty good. No, the Eagles have a great AJ Brown, Devontae. AJ Brown with Devontae. You are down on Miles Sanders, but he looked, I mean, everybody looks good running against the Giants. I never liked that Miles Sanders until this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he looked good. Plus, you also have Goddard. Um, Let's not forget my man, Kenneth Gaywell. And, <laughs> and, and Boston cool. Scott, anytime touchdown against the Giants. But you know, it's funny. One more thing about this list, and we, yeah. I see you callers. We'll get to you one second. There's barely any first rounders on this list at all. Uh, there's only, there's Jamar Chase, there's Christian McCaffrey. Devontae Smith was a first rounder. Devontae Smith and Brandon Ayuk. That's it. Those are the only first rounders out of 20 players listed here. Most of them, oh, I'm sorry, Hayden Hurst, I believe, was a first rounder, but that was seven teams ago. There's a lot of, a lot of these weapons <laughs> are late round guys. Hayden Hurst catching a little. <laughs> I love it. Oh, home. Hayden Hurst is one of my heroes. I, I'm oh. a huge Hayden Hurst guy. I can tell by that comment. <laughs> yeah. Why is he I, your hero? Well, he's amazing. You know his story. Oh, he's got a good story. Okay. Yeah, he's a huge yeah, mental he health actually. advocate. Yeah. He's I remember great. he said something to Dak Prescott once about it. Um, but really, A.J. Brown, second round. Uh, Goddard, fourth round. Sanders, second round. Gainwell, fifth round. Quez Watkins, I have no idea. You go down the list, they're all a lot of fourth round picks. That's the thing. Sorry, we'll get to the callers. The quarterbacks are making all these. Basically, those weapons are good because Patrick Mahomes is throwing to them. I don't even know if they're really all that great. This year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Pacheco, by the way. Pacheco's awesome. He's awesome, right? Yeah, Rutgers, baby. 855-212-4CBS. I got to say that now because I live in Jersey. Uh, Kevin is in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Wants to talk about Brock Purdy. What's up, Kevin? Hey. Hey, how you guys doing today? We're doing great. What do you have? Uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah, that story is like the best underdog story ever. Mm-hmm. Third string quarterback comes in takes his team all the way to the playoffs and get passes the Dallas Cowboys. His stock is risen. He's going to get paid. I don't care what anybody says. Somebody's going to pick him up if the Niners don't sign him, and he's going to get paid. He's under contract yeah, with the Niners. Four more years. Yeah, they three got, more years. They, they got the deal of a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you don't on. think that you So you don't think that Tom Brady would be able to unseat Brock Purdy? Is that what you're saying? You tell me, an older Brady or a young Purdy? You tell me. <laughs> Come I on, know, but, you pick it? but Brady's 45, but somehow refuses to age. Uh, like He's in a hyperbaric chamber right now, just hanging out, I'm uh, sure. I'd bet anything. The only thing I disagree, I think Kurt Warner is still a little bit of a better story than Brock Purdy, but that's about it. Uh, and imagine, now imagine, now imagine uh, the Dolphins and the Niners in the Super Bowl, and that would be the ultimate. Netflix would have a ball with that. (laughs) Wait, what? The Dolphins and the Niners? Oh, because of Mike McDaniel? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, two two third-string quarterbacks, and they both take their team to the Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying Skylar Skylar Thompson had made it. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, No, we get it. You're you're thinking like a screenwriter. I like that. You're, You're going all Hollywood on us, Kevin. Make sure you don't forget us when you get big. Thank I, you for the phone call. By the way, I loved the Zachary Quinto, Kurt Warner movie. I Nobody talks about it. It was really good. What was good about it? Everything about it. The I'm so sorry. I forget. Was it who played Brenda? Ac- Ackerman's ears perked up. Have you seen this one, Ack? I, I saw I'm it on a plane, and I really enjoyed it. First of all, Dick Vermeil was in it, and he's my, Dennis Quaid playing him, and Dick Vermeil yeah. is my all-time hero. Zach Levy? Is that what Yes. Yep. Zachary Levy. Oh, yeah. not Zach Kinsey. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I had the wrong guy. Zach Levy was amazing. The guy who played Mart was amazing. I think he's also, he plays Jerry West. I think it's that guy. 
Oh, in um, yeah. Winning Time? In Winning yeah. Time. I'm telling you, it's a really good movie. It, it paints a whole picture of Kurt Warner that I had no idea about. That How do a- we not know about Kurt Warner? Like, what's left to know? Well, His story is one of the most known. Yeah, has was, Brock it, Purdy ever bagged groceries? No, see, then Brock maybe Purdy was like, a high, probably a high school All-American, was a big star in college, was top five in Heisman odds twice. He's not out of nowhere. That's why we just everyone missed on him in the draft. Does that make a movie? Um, I mean, everything makes a movie these days. Yeah. I, I, I've watched movies about things I never even the imagined. The Maggie Gray story. What, the Maggie Gray story? Yeah. Oh, boy. Buckle yeah. up, guys. Now, bagging groceries. The, the untold story of Maggie Gray. It would just Gray. be clip after clip of Maggie putting her head in her hand with wing sauce on her yeah. face Thank as you. the Bills lose Finally, once again. Dude, yeah, but you have to win in the end, right? The finale is the Bills win the world. Not the, sure I got the winning part down. Um, I know. I watched it. 80 Jer- for Josh Allen? <laughs> Maybe if I'm 80, will Josh Allen finally win a Super Bowl? Um, I mean, I watched a Jeremy Lin documentary the other day. Yeah, like, that was a gigantic story. I know, but they didn't do any winning at the and end. If he wasn't in New York, none of that would have ever happened, by the way. Probably not. Um, Brock Purdy's a great story. Yeah, it's a I great think story. Warner might have him beat a little, but Warner also went and played in NFL Europe, so he actually had a little yeah. more pro experience. I don't he know. was a barnstormer. No, he no, wasn't. No. He wasn't a rookie doing what he did with the Rams. There's a lot of. I mean, there are a lot of great stories. I think. Jalen Hurts and Mahomes are great stories. Mahomes is a really interesting story. No, I mean his dad was a professional athlete. That kind of that kind of takes away a little of the underdogness when your dad pitched in the majors. For but do 10 you have years. to be an underdog to have a good story? Sometimes yes. it's cool to see the story of the guy who has all the expectations on his shoulder from the second that he's born. Like Bronny James. Oh, you want to hear the Bronny James documentary? You're telling me that a Bronny James? Forget about documentary. I don't care about the documentary. I want a Bronny James movie with one of the other James. Boys playing brawny, <laughs> what or something like okay. that. Okay. By the way, it's ironic that I think Brock Purdy was definitely the probably the highest rated recruit. Uh, who is the player you said? Well, oh, way higher than Mahomes. Mahomes was three stars. You know, so I think Brock Purdy came actually had a better background than Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes went to Texas Tech, and everyone thought he was going in the major league draft. He was not. He was some a first round natural. pick, though. Right, but yeah. So was Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a great story. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's story, though, is that, yeah, nobody recruited him. I got no offers, had to go to JUCO. That's not the Mahomes or the Purdy story. That's the Aaron Rodgers story. Yeah, every great I've said this before, every great story has, every great quarterback has a story of resiliency. Jalen Hurts obviously got benched for Tua in the yep. national title game. Uh, no, Mahomes has a ton of stories. Mahomes was not expected to do all this. Nobody thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be this Patrick Mahomes. Did they? Ackerman, who no. do you think best best under who what quarterback has the best story? Well, Hostetler? By the way, I would say Hostetler has a good no, story. Hoss I hate to a, say. Haas was a great college football player. That's uh but he also does have the his coach at West Virginia turned out to be his eventually became his father in law, Don Nealon. Did Hostetler have some success in the NFL? I can't. Yes, do, he did. Yeah, yeah no. Besides bit. that year, didn't? Oh, he became the, the. He ultimately became the Giants' starter, not the next season, but after that. I get him and Burline confused yeah. a lot. So who's the best? Who's the best? Quarterback Wait, Tom story? Brady is. Yeah, clearly. Brady's got. But Brady yeah. played in Michigan. It's not like he was like he, from this underdog, like small school or something. You, you, you can go back. Kurt Warner's a pretty good story. I mean, Kurt Warner's the a great, good. I mean, it is a, a good very good story. story. Yeah. Don't, don't call me Mr. Old Man, but Len Dawson, who was cut by the Steelers mm. and really didn't play much his first, what, three, four years and becomes a Hall of Famer with the Chiefs. I mean, who goes well, I have from no being... Idea. Was he go- a superstar at Purdue? <clears throat> he was very good at Purdue, but he just didn't make it in the, the NFL. You know, back then, you know, again, quarterback's the one spot. 
You don't win, you don't play. You, know, you don't win the job. You're you're on the bench. That's true. Steve Young, <clears throat> that's a good yeah. story. Steve Young's know. a good story. But Goes he's from the Greenwich, eight. Connecticut. I don't know. He's got the... <laughs> I actually read Steve's autobiography and, yeah. and did an interview with him once, and there's one detail from it that sticks in my mind forever. He had like some, and he's explained this, but like some social anxiety, like uh, anxiety about playing. So he used to hole up in his hotel room and watch one movie over and over and over again in his hotel room, and I'll give you a hundred dollars. Oh, I have a hundred dollars in my wallet today for some god knows reason. I'll give you a hundred. Samter, do not Google it. I see your. I see you <laughs> typing. I know what it is. Dumb and Dumber. No. Nope. What other movie would you watch a million times? No, no, no. It was a comedy. I'm, I'm not doing the bet. I saw you. Type. No, 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 no. I'm. I'm. I'm you're I promise Googling. you, I'm not looking. No, no, no. I'm. Can't hardly wait. Nope. It's a great cable movie. <laughs> yeah, you said comedy, so you, I, I was going to say Charlotte's Web, but you know, you said comedy. So that's <laughs> no, not no. Oh, God. How, how about Babe? Is that, no, that's not a comedy either. No, what makes you think that Steve Young is watching these movies because with I'm animals? Because fi- I'm thinking of the most ridiculous stuff out there that I can think of. I'll tell you. This is in his autobiography. I, I asked him about it when, when we talked. City Slickers 2. Uh, two? Terrible. Two. The Search for Curly's Gold? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know that? <laughs> Curly dies in that, right? Oh, he died in one. Well, the first one, yeah. Yeah, and then he came back in the second one. It was, his it was twin. like Curly or something. It was his twin. <laughs> his twin. Hurley. Never done that one before. 855 212 4 CBS. 855 212 4227. Looking at you, Glass There's Onion. so weak about bringing back the dead character's twin. Oh. I, you and I were just talking about this with Glass Onion, and you loved it. Spoiler. I loved it. Sorry. And by the way, I did it to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. 94% audience score, 93% critics score. Everybody loves Glass Onion. It's America's darling movie. I didn't, I, that hopefully was just not spoiled. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I should have said spoiler. I'm sorry. Oh, no. No, that's not. It's okay. The, the statute of limitations is over on this, right? It's is been it, out. It's, it's been a couple weeks. No, it came out last year. Didn't Glass it? Onion? No, 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 no. It just came out. I, I might have messed that up. No, no it was last year. Wait, wait, when did Glass Onion come out? Get the, a month uh, ago, release. maybe? Yeah, last year. <laughs> Oh, well, technically, yeah. But Boom. if you haven't seen Glass Onion yet <laughs> on Netflix, you're not going to see it. I agree with Perloff there. You've had a Friday night where you I, had nothing I've to do. I've had a reason over the last six weeks why I have not watched Glass Onion. Well, we Onion. all haven't had recently just had ch- children. Yeah, but I, spoiler <laughs> for me, forget about the audience. I, I wanted to watch it. <laughs> We're going to just spoil everything for you now that you have a newborn. December 23rd. So it's actually been a month and a day. I think I, I'm in the clip. Let's call John Hine of the Stern Show and see if we screwed it up. I think we're okay. Should have I, you seen it yet, Act? I have not. Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> Earmuffs. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I was just kidding. Eight five five two one two four. Bruce CBS. Willis was a ghost. <laughs> Six cents. Look it up. Two one two four two two seven. Sorry, everybody. Uh, okay, coming up next, we have that Sean Payton news. We got to get it to you. We'll do that right after this CBS Sports update with Rich Ackerman. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD veterans and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Perloff's calling a shot today. Who did Stu pick at the Navy Federal? Layup. Layup. So I've been slowly, subconsciously working in the Eagles around Stu more and more. So it's definitely <laughs> going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. But like in your what? Like casual conversations? Like <laughs> yeah. at the water cooler and no, stuff? No, just like flashing green randomly at weird times. <laughs> uh, so I think... Trying to Jedi mind trick Stu? I think... And the Eagles defense dominated. Yeah. I think it's a no-brainer that Hassan Reddick is the Navy Federal Credit Union Defensive Player of the Week. Okay, can I counter? Because I think Stu has a sense of humor. 
you may not have picked up on this, but yesterday Stu was playing all of our Bills intros, you know, just pouring a little bit lightheartedly, pouring a little salt in the wound for my Buffalo Bills. I wouldn't be surprised if he went with a little if you're if if we're still going to be friends, you went with Cam Taylor Britt. If we're no longer going to be friends, you went with Eli Apple, who's been tweeting out a storm, you know, basically, uh, you know, calling out all the bills on Twitter. Uh, way, Cam Taylor Britt. Dark Horse. Inter- intercepted Josh Allen. Dark Horse. Uh, okay. Actually, forget it. I won't say it. Okay. So Jalen per- Watson with a one-handed catch. That's a guy I say, right? Okay. Uh, so Perloff is closer. Okay. Actually, oh, Josh Wett? I split it between uh, Josh White and Hassan Reddick. Uh, they combined for eight tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble against the Giants. Man, you really are in Stu's head. Well, I mean, <laughs> Hassan, Reddick, Hassan Reddick got a lot of pub because yeah, no, of did. his Philly connection. And that was a, the, the – it's funny that uh, Bengals-Bills game, nobody really focused on the Bengals' defense, really. It well, was Mike more, Hilton got a lot of – he got yeah. a lot of love on the broadcast. But because of the snow, I – I feel like it was kind of lost in the mix. It was more about Joe Burrow and Josh Allen coming up short. Nobody was really talking about... Well, Joe Burrow being awesome and Josh Allen coming up short. Yeah, Yeah. I I felt like that narrative took over where the Eagles defense got a lot of pub. The Niners defense is great, but there wasn't... Was there a standout in that game? I mean, the block of the uh, Brett Maher extra point. (laughs) Whoever I forgot that that was. 20 yards wide left. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something in the crowd who blocked it by that block? How is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The guy who was on the far, far right side of the The line. The guy who comes in and dives at the kicker. Yeah. That guy blocked it from the line. Yeah. Um, who else nice you look at, Hold on, I got a bone to pick. Yeah. yeah, this is the defensive player of the week, not players of the week. How can you split it? This doesn't. I know, but Stu Stu gets creative on us. I make the rules. Know? I have to change it up every now and then. Yeah, how yeah. come they never they never split the MVP anymore? I did Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargell famously yep. split the MVP, and I feel like Steve McNair might have split. Yeah, with the Peyton MVP. Manning, I thought. Yeah, so why do they split the MVP anymore? What's up with do you that? Have two candidates this I year. I feel like Barry and Favre too, if I, if I remember correctly. Could be. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have two candidates this year, let alone Wait, who one? is the MVP? It's oh, it's Mahomes. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's why they're not splitting I, it. <laughs> yeah, NBA, they give it to Joker every year, so they could split with NBA. <laughs> Just recently, they gave it to Giannis for a, a few years. Yeah, uh, I, I hate the NBA MVP award. It's the most overhyped thing. <laughs> Let's not thing. talk about it. <laughs> but NFL MVP is, that, nobody even, that wasn't even a thing until recently. Nobody cared who the MVP Maybe was. Maybe it's because you can bet on it. I don't know. No, I, I think we just talk about awards now because there's more people talking. Super Bowl. Maybe. It's Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, right? I agree. It's Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Um, unless you're talking about, well, Sean Payton, <laughs> which we're also talking about Super Bowl. Let's hit it. What the f*** is Sean Payton up to today? So this is weird. The Broncos had scheduled a second interview with Sean Payton. But according to Jeff Duncan, who works for NOLA.com, so New Orleans in New Orleans, the meeting's now on hold. Instead, Peyton is going to interview with the Cardinals. And according to Jason Lockenfora of the Washington Post, the interview with the Broncos didn't go as well as initially reported. Neither side looks to view this as, quote, a must-do deal. That's kind of interesting, huh? Hmm. So, does that what does that mean the front runner is for Payton? Fox? Yeah, I would think Fox. I I don't know. Maybe Carolina swoops back in, but they're interviewing Oof. everyone under the sun. I mean, maybe 
What's the one team he hasn't interviewed with is the Colts, right? Yeah, as far as I know. So I, I think Fox might be the front runner if it's not Denver. Because everything else is too speculative. Then he can wait a year and hopefully for him get the Chargers. Get the Chargers <laughs> job. So the one thing is, unlike a coordinator, I think coordinators, you kind of have to jump at it, right? If you're one of those hot coordinator names, you've got to go because say you get you know, you want a job, you don't take it. And then your offense or defense the next year totally stinks. Then you're not going to be a hot candidate anymore. Sean Payton isn't coaching against anybody at Fox. His legend oh, only grows. It only gets lose. bigger. Right, right. Yeah, so, he's at a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you really want to come come back for Russell Wilson and Denver right now? Well, I thought this was interesting from Lock and Fora that neither side looks at this as a must-do deal. Now, maybe that's posturing, maybe that's negotiating ploys, but that it didn't go as well as people originally thought. That means they want Dan Quinn, right? That, or maybe Peyton. I can't imagine that the cost would be anything. Maybe they just don't want to trade the draft picks. You know, you got to trade for Sean Payton. That stinks. If you're a yeah. team that is trying to win now, like the Broncos would be, you got Russell Wilson, you're paying him all this money. You need young, cheap players. That's what draft picks are. Great point. I mean, they got that one back for Bradley Chubb. Yeah, that, actually, that seems to me maybe the most compelling point. Yeah, but on the flip side, I don't think anyone who's ever traded for a coach has ever regretted it. John Gruden? They won a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, they didn't. The Raiders. <laughs> they <had to laughs> the Bucks won the Super Bowl that year. Well, how many trade coach trades have there well, been? Well, Belichick, Belichick and, or... and Parcells. No, there's been a few more. I don't think they've all worked out. We got to look at that. Okay, we'll take a look if there are a few more. For the most part, I think it works out. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, we're going to answer the question. If you're the Raiders, who would you rather have if you have a choice? Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Hmm. Get to that in just a minute. Don't move.